0: He is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold Together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all of the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made Peace through the blood of his cross, through him, I say, whether things on earth are things in heaven. Lord, as we look at your attributes yet again, looking at, Lord, your awesomeness, Lord, I ask that you move upon us, that you help us to understand even just a little bit more of maybe this familiar passages and familiar text and familiar topic for some lord but to help us to understand that as much as we know of you we don't know enough lord i thank you for opportunities like this where we can gather in your presence and learn of you lord i ask that you apply this to us in your name amen thank you for standing so that was colossians chapter 1 verses 15 through 20 and we're looking at the the three omnis of God. And what I mean by that, we know that omni means all, okay? So we are looking at those attributes that actually distinguish God from creation. Like there is nothing about what we're going to talk about tonight that I can conjure up in myself. Not even imperfectly, like we talk about when God is love and we can love these are one of those attributes that these three are the three attributes that they belong to God and God alone. These are the three attributes that make God, God. OK, you're not going to be able to apply this to your life. This is for us as mere mortals to understand how big our God truly is. This is for us as mankind, as creatures, to understand our creator and how do we apply that to our life Well, when we fully understand who God is and how big he is and what he operates who can stand against us right that's what the word of God says is the devil gonna stand up against you he'll he tries but God has defeated him if you continue reading in Colossians it says what brother Matt that he made a open show of him on the cross there's nothing that this world can throw at us that God isn't in control of. When you start to understand that, does it make your days better? Not necessarily. We still go through things, but it makes them bearable because I understand that whatever this world is throwing at me right now, my God is bigger than that. Right? So that's why we are looking at these attributes. Omni means all, so the three Omni-attributes of God characterize him as all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere present. Okay, that's what we're talking about tonight, that God is all-powerful, and what that means, that he's all-knowing, and what that means, and that he is everywhere all of the time. Okay? Each of these involve the other two, and each provide perspective on the all-embracing lordship of our God. We say God is sovereign. We say that God is Lord. You can actually use those interchangeably because to be Lord of all is to be sovereign over all, right? So what are we actually learning tonight? Well, we're learning yet again that God is sovereign, that he is Lord, amen? And this is how he... This is how he rules and reigns, through these omnis. So uh, omnipotence, I've said these so much in my head, I'm going to get them confused. I know that I am. Omnipotence means that God is in total control of himself and his creation. Okay, He is all-powerful. God isn't controlled by anything more powerful than himself and himself. Underneath the umbrella of God is all of creation. So he controls himself. Think how much power that is to have all power and to also be in self control of that power and creation and everything that we know. His omnipotence, his omniscience means that he is the ultimate benchmark of truth, that he is knowledge he knows every single thing past present future and actually it goes any even deeper than that he his knowing is the unfolding of our history right nothing catches him by surprise so his ideas are true like he is the benchmark between truth and falsity he he is Truth. Whatever comes out of his mouth is truth, and in essence, he also declares what is false. And his omnipresence means that since God's power and knowledge extend to all parts of his creation, he himself is present everywhere. If we could fathom that right now in this room, There is both angels and demons and God. There's a spiritual warfare that's going on right now as we mere mortals work in this reality. There is a spiritual otherworldly reality that we cannot see that's invisible. But remember, God is both the maker of visible and invisible. There's a spiritual reality that's happening right now and God is actually here. Because he's everywhere. I understand we like to quote, where two or three are gathered, I'm in your midst also. But guess what? He's, he was here before we were here. He's everywhere, all the time, all at once. Makes you really think about what you do, what you say, where you go, how you act. Because God's with you. He's with you there. He sees everything. He knows everything. I know we like to, to, to uh, equate that to a child growing up. Right. And and there was things that my parents found out about that I had no, I, like. how did they know that? Right. But God's even more, even more than that. Growing up, I thought I got away with a lot of stuff, <laughs> but as the conversations change with my father, as I get older and he gets older and our, our, uh, our relationship changes, you know. He's he's slowly but surely, Brother Gene, picking apart my childhood and telling me every single thing that I did wrong, everything that I did right. And and a lot of times he'll be talking about something and I'll have to stop him and I'll go, hey, how you, how, did I tell you that? How do you know about that? And he'll get that crooked smile that my dad gets and he'll side-eye me and he'll say, come on, man. And ain't, it ain't that hard to figure out what you was doing. You know, I thought I was slick. I thought I was getting away with everything, and I got away with nothing, right? And even more so, my heavenly Father was there in the midst. Those things that my dad knows about, he wasn't physically there, right? He just know, he just knew what I was doing, but God was physically there with me. It's crazy. It's crazy to think. It it humbles you, is what it does, because when you think. You were getting away with something. I'm I'm all by myself. Nobody but me knows God's there. He's there. Together, uh, these three, they define God's lordship, and they yield a rich understanding of creation, providence, and even salvation. Everything flows out of this power that God has. So let's look first at... uh, omnipotence and the scriptures affirm God's all powerful being his omnipotence by saying that God does whatever he's pleased to do right and that Psalms several different places Isaiah Ezekiel uh, the New Testament God does what he pleases himself to to do nothing is too hard for him his word is never void of power So when he speaks, everything in creation obeys him. Every single thing obeys him. We see that in the New Testament. What astounded his disciples, soon to be apostles. Okay, so we understand you're casting out demons. That's that's pretty astounding. That's that's pretty crazy. But the Jews had exorcists, right? They They had those who claim to cast out demons. So that wasn't so foreign to them to understand, but surely that was different. It was Christ doing it. But then one night he stood up in a boat and he stopped the wind with his mouth. He just said, peace, be still. And it was done. And the word of God says that they bowed down and they were Jewish men bowed down to another Jewish man and worshiped him as God because that's who he was. Who who is this man? The word of God says that they were astounded, they were amazed. Who are you? That even the wind and the seas obey you. And Christ is just saying, If y'all could just see, if I could just peel back this flesh, you would understand. You'll see one day. And we see today. And if we could if we could understand as Christians that. God truly is in control uh, of my life. And in the midst of this storm, he's still there. It's going to be okay. I know you feel like you're going to die. The disciples surely did. But they ended their night worshiping. And they didn't die, at least that day. They were spared to live yet another day. Creation bows down to him. He's all powerful. Oh, creation obeys him. His word always prevails. Like it always prevails. It never falls void. We can't say that in ourselves. I've said a lot of things that hasn't made made it past my feet, right? I've made promise after promise, knowing when I made them, not gonna keep that. I've said a lot of things that were void in my life, but nothing that God has ever proclaimed to me has ever been void in my life. Everything that he has said up to this point has either came true, is coming true, or by faith I know it will come true. How how can you have a hope in that? How can you have faith that that's going to happen? How can you trust in that? Who's more powerful than God? He's all powerful. If he can't, if it, if it doesn't exist yet, guys, and it needs to be, he'll just create it. He'll just speak the words and it'll happen. If there's a mountain in our way, what does the word say? Just a little bit of faith on my part and the power of God moves that mountain out of the way. I can't do that in myself, but since he's the benchmark of truth, and he's proclaimed himself to be this, guys, let's believe in, it, because it's true. We can trust that his prophecies always come come to pass, because name me one that hasn't. Well, yeah, we've got some unfulfilled prophecies because the time isn't right. It's not yet here, right? But name me one that hasn't come to pass yet. They all will before it's over with. Isaiah 43 and 13. Even from eternity, I am he. And there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act and who can reverse it? So I'm going to read that again. Isaiah 43 and 13. this This isn't Isaiah speaking. This is in quotation marks here. Even from eternity, I am he. And there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act and who can reverse it? That's a question to be asked by God. Name me a, a man who can stop what I'm doing. There isn't one. Name me a being who can stop what I'm doing. There isn't one. Daniel 4 and 35, all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. These are still quotation marks, guys. But he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. So this isn't just a spiritual thing. He acts physically as well, right? And no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? It sounds a lot like Job, right? Job had some of these same questions. What are you doing? And when God answers him, Job went, I'm sorry. I'm, you're right. I'm wrong. I knew of you. Now I, now I see you. Now I know you. So it's power. it's It's a universal power. And what I mean by that is it is the power that controls everything in the universe. There is no other power. We get our heat and we get everything from the sun, but he created the sun, right? We, we get our waves and our tides and our seasons from the moon, but who put the moon in, in orbit? We, we gaze into the wonders of our universe at night, we listen to a rolling thunderstorm like like's happening right now, and we think, man, those things are powerful, those things are awesome, but they were created by this God. The kings of this land, their rule, their land, the people of the land, all of it, controlled by him. Every bit of it. God not only rules over the big things, but the Bible tells us that he rules over the individual things. It's the small things. He rules over everything. He has his finger in every single thing. Every single thing. God not only rules over the big things, but he's over the small things as well. He governs our steps. He decides our paths. You say God is worried about where I'm going to go tomorrow. No, he ain't worried at all because he's already decided it. You say, well, that takes a lot of power out of out of me, right? If if I'm already predetermined to walk in this path, what does that mean for me? Well, that means tomorrow I wake up and I pray and I pray a prayer like this. Hey, Lord, what what do I need to do today? What's my path? I know I'm going to work, but as I'm working, what do you have for me to do? There's a responsibility for us to walk in righteousness. Omniscience. It's the next one? God's power. He's all powerful, but God's power isn't a blind power. He operates with full knowledge of what he's doing. He, does, he didn't just say, let there be and hope for the best. He is the master carpenter, right? The master architect. And from what I know from from my college days and, and doing CAD and CNC, we didn't just take off making parts. There was a draftsman who sat down and drew out a blueprint to the most minutest detail. Brother Ethan knows what I'm talking about now, his new job. And I was given this set of blueprints, and then I created parts according to the blueprint And there was a finished product before the first part was even made. Uh, How do you know? I have to have something to set it up against. God has created in the same thing. In his all-powerful, all-knowing mind, he has set this thing. He knows our end. He knows everything that's going to happen, and he created. His power isn't blind. Everything God does has an intelligent Purpose. It's intelligently designed. It's a definitive goal. He has one goal in mind, and that's to have a bride for his son. Since God's power is universal, so also is his knowledge. His knowledge is his own intentions. Nobody taught God. Nobody is teaching God. He is the one giving out of knowledge. It's out of himself that this knowledge comes. God knows everything in himself and his creation throughout history. Scripture often refers to the universality of God's knowledge, and it often mentions that God knows detailed happenings on earth, even into the the future. Now, he could have made us like this to be autonomous, and he could have created and set some universal laws in order, and just let us go. But God isn't a God that operates that way. He's a personal God in that he knows us. God's omniscience uh, is based on his authority. He is the supreme judge of all things. How can he hold that title? Because he knows everything. <laughs> He's the only being in all of the universe that can say I know everything and not lie. He he knows everything. I can say that. I have said that. Ah, you don't need to tell me about that. I know it. I don't know everything. There was a time in my life where I thought I did. I'm learning. I'm learning I don't know nothing. I'm just beginning to know things. The things that I did know, I've learned they weren't right. As I get older, I realize my perceptions and my knowledge and my power of a younger man dictated really what I thought and what I did and what I knew. And now, as I'm a little bit older man, I wasn't right. (laughs) You know? Say what what kind of things are you talking about? Well well just you know, as a young kid, I really just didn't need sleep. I could just stay up all night long and play my games and do whatever I want. It'd be fine. That's not right. You need sleep. Okay? I forget who said it, but it's a famous quote. It says you never you never uh steal sleep. You just borrow it from other places right? You're never gaining or losing sleep. You're borrowing from eventually you've got to crash. you got to stop. But as a young man, I'm in an invincible teenager. I sleep when I'm dead. Don't need it. Now, you know what? I need sleep. My back's been kind of jacked up. I've been, I pulled a muscle midweek and, and I haven't been able to lay down. I haven't been able to sleep real well. And you know what I've noticed? I've been testy angry a lot right (laughs) my wife amen my wife that's the time to amen it's not her fault i'm in pain i haven't slept well i'm cranky i don't like my life right now right nobody's fault i went to sleep fine i woke up with a pulled muscle that whose fault is that slept too hard i guess i don't know thank god it's trying to loosen up a little bit But I haven't been able to operate the right way. So I've lost sleep. God doesn't operate like that. Matter of fact, he never sleeps. God's knowledge is a precious blessing to God's people. If you have your Bibles, open to Psalm 139. We're going to read six verses. It's a blessing to know how much God loves us. Psalm 139, first six verses. I hope to preach through this chapter one day. Our Lord, oh oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my paths and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Verse three, he scrutinizes my path and my lying down and are intimate, intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. That's God's knowledge. We can't even begin to even articulate a sentence to describe how intimately God knows us. Now that should scare you. Even as a Christian, God knows you, like really you. He knows you better than you know you. And I know me pretty well. And the things I know about me, I'm kind of scared to know that God knows. But to the world, God knows them too. Why is it so important for us to to bring this message of hope to the lost? Because there's a God who knows them, and they don't know him. That's the problem we talked about this morning, right? How scary is it to know what we know about God in salvation and security and future glory and all that stuff and still have that thought, God knows me? oh, no, (laughs) you know, like, uh (laughs) uh-oh, you know, he knows me, even before I articulate a word, he already knows it all, do you know what that says, God knows your thoughts before you think them, now, what does the Bible say, there's thoughts that come through, and if we let them get into our heart, then they become sin, so what that says, what this literally is saying, is before, before you even think the thought. God knows it. God already knows what's going to happen. He already knows what you're going to do with it, and he's already made a way. That's the knowledge that God has. This passage emphasizes how deeply God knows us wherever we are. Verse 6, it's such a wonderful thing. I I can't obtain it. God's knowledge of us pursues us when when we go, wherever that may be, verses 7 through 12, if we go to heaven, if we go to the grave, the great distances, the dark places, there's no place you can go where God doesn't know where you are. He knew us when we were formed in our mother's womb, verses 13 through 16. This is all the same chapter. He knew even back then every day of our life on earth. Verse 16, before you were born, He knew the day that you were going to die. This is intimate. Wicked people should well be terrorized by this doctrine, but our psalmist here says that God's knowledge for us is wonderful and it's good. That's verses 17 through 18. And then he ends 23 and 24. He prays that God will draw on this knowledge to lead him to repentance and forgiveness of sin. If God knows our sin, I pray that he shows me that, right? God's omnipresence, his presence in every place and time. This isn't just that God is here. Now it's that God has always been right. This is, we, this is big God theology it's before there was he was he's here now he he'll be here in the end it's it's not just that he's here with us and he is but it's that he's always been here time doesn't bother him dates hours days he operates outside of that matter not matter visible invisible none of it matters He's invisible as God the Father. He's broke into this reality as God the Son. He's with you right now as God the Spirit. There's no place that he hasn't been. There's no place that he isn't. He's here. Scripture answers this question that is God present everywhere? Of course he is. If every event everywhere takes place by God's power and if he has exhaustive knowledge of everything his power has brought to pass then certainly he's not absent in his creation but present in every event if his power was there and his knowledge is there then he's there you can't separate God from any of these attributes God's omnipresence is not just a theological conclusion. this isn't just something that we we say. It's a precious truth of the redemption that's going that saves us. because God is here, we are saved. Well what is the name that is given to Christ? It's Emmanuel, right God with us that that is the reason, Why we're able to stand here and proclaim the truth that we know, however finite that is, is because God lowered himself to be with us. Why? That's like the biggest why question ever. Why would God do that? Because it gives him glory. Although we've sinned and deserve God's judgment, God comes to his faithful people and declares to them... I will be with you. It's the same thing that he tells his people in the wilderness in Exodus. I will be your God. You will be my people. Here's a blueprint of a place for me. Build it. Build it exactly the way I say. And I will come. The Shekinah glory will come down and I will be with you. Keep my commandments. Today I lay before you blessings and curses. I will be with you or I won't be with you. Keep my commandments. Here I am. Go your own way. Here comes the Philistines. Right? Then they get God's presence, and guess what? The wickedness of those people, they didn't like it. So we see the unity of these attributes. All of them operate with each other. We've seen that the three omni-attributes of God are are quite inseparable. If he is all-knowing and he is all-powerful, then he's all-present. He's here. Since God's power is, is purposeful and universal, it implies his omniscience, right? If there's a purpose to it, then there's a will behind it. If there's a will behind it, there's a person behind it, right? He's here. He knows everything. And since God's omnipotence and omniscience are universal, we have to conclude that he is omnipresent. We could note further that since God is omnipresent, that all of his attributes are present as well. He is here in his power, in his knowledge, in his glory, in his love, in his mercy, in his wrath. He is here. You don't get part of God. That's that's a blessing and a curse in, in itself. You don't get just a part of him. He, he gives us all of him. What What is it that rips you to shreds with conviction and at the same time you feel peace and joy and love? That's God. Because it is he who is ripping you to shreds and it's also he who is... Bringing you in, saying, "Yeah, you'll be all right. You're gonna be okay, right?" These attributes are are like the other attributes of God. They're inseparable from each other and, and from and from Him. I'm gonna say this, and we're gonna to have to explain it. God is simple. You go. Nothing you just said is simple, right? What I mean by that is that His attributes are not separate parts of Him. Like all of these things that we're talking about, he's a simple God. These, this is him. He's not 15 different parts, right? It, this is God. He's not sub-car... Uh, uh, wow. He's not a bunch of different sections. Woo, I was trying to say a word, but it was, just wasn't there. He's not a bunch of different parts all conglomerate together to make make God. He's God, and we recognize him by these different parts, right? That's something that we need to understand. Everything that the Bible tells us about God is just so that we can understand God, and it's still not good enough to fully understand God. He dumbs himself down in a way in which we can understand. So, when we talk about God and His love, we have to only talk about God and His love, although we understand it's every bit of him. It. It's why we do why we do these things, so it's not a God problem, it's a us problem most of the time. <laughs> amen. These attributes, these omni-attributes, they are a way of speaking to God's lordship. That's what we've been speaking about this whole night, is God is Lord. The scripture uses that phrase, the lordship of God, or God is Lord, or Lord over 7,000 times, to name him specifically. And theologically, we use the word sovereignty, and uh, it equates to lordship. That's when we say Christ is Lord, we're saying Christ is sovereign, right? If God is sovereign, he has to be Lord. He can't be sovereign overall and somebody else be Lord, right? Or you can't be Lord and somebody else be in control of what is going on. Scripture typically defines God's lordship as his control, his authority, his presence, right? What do we gain in salvation? We gain Christ. That's what the Bible says. But not merely his name. We, we, we gain all of him. We gain a new controller. He is in control. We gain a new authority. We gain a new present. God is with me. I realize he's been around me my whole life, and everywhere that I am, he is. But now he indwells me, and I feel him, and I know him. God's omnipotence is his control over all things, his omniscience, his authority to declare what is true, to declare what is true. Where do we get truth from? It has to come from God, right? Brother Gene said in our small group, we were talking, we're still in Romans, and and, and we're talk, he said, what is sin? What is truth? You know, if it doesn't come from God, those are unanswered questions, or at least questions with a million different answers. But God says there's one truth. This is sin, right? This is what this is because he has the final authority and his omnipresence is his real existence in every time and every place. God is here. God is going to be in that next room. We walk out of this building God is there when you get in your vehicle. God is there when you, when you go to your house. God is there when you get up in the morning and you go to your job. God is there. He is everywhere. How can he say, I go but I go before you? Because he's already there. He wasn't just saying that for me or for Brother Levi or for Brother Travis. He's, he's everywhere for everyone all the time because he's God. So when we talk about his... Omnis, what we're really saying is God is Lord, right? And he has to be Lord of our life if we are to ever see him. He's invisible. To this world, he's invisible. He doesn't exist. They can say whatever they want. They can say they believe or not believe, but until he is revealed to them, they are their own God. You say, how do you know that? That was this guy. That was me. Until I met a bigger God, I was it. Until I met someone who was worthy to gain control of this life, I was in control. At least I thought so. But what the Word of God tells us, that this world who thinks they're in control, they're being controlled by the God of this world, small g. They're being controlled and manipulated and it's to no gain to them. I thank God that he's revealed himself to me that he broke through the invisible one day and made himself visible to me cuz I've never been the same. And anybody who's had had an experience like that your testimony's the same. You've never been the same. Once you meet God, how can you be the same? You meet this God And you're marked forever. You're marked forever. Stand tonight. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the ability to know you. Lord, and though we do a horrible job at explaining it and, and trying to understand it, Lord, that your spirit that's within us reveals yourself to us. Lord, I ask that you go before us like your word says Lord, in this week to come, Lord, that you make an opportunity for us to share your word. Lord, that you put somebody in our path that needs help. Because, Lord, that's what we're here for. Lord, somebody who needs to know about you, let that person come to us. And let us be ready, oh God, to give a defense. Before that. Lord I ask this in your name. Amen.